Hello everybody, welcome to Farscape Rewatch episode 17. I'm Count Hats, and joining me as always is Red Nightmare. It swear it wasn't me. What? What did you do? I didn't do, do anything. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> it's all fine. Everything is fine. Everything, Everything is fine. Is You're fine. fine. You're fine. Anyway, this is episode 17, uh, Through the Looking Glass. And we've just had a human reaction with Crichton going... Sort of, but not really. Back to Earth through a wormhole. It was all a dream. Space alien wizards did it. <laughs> Something like that. No, no, Maldus wasn't involved. Yeah, alright, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, this episode is something of a bottle episode. We don't... We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, we've uh, now met Chiana and... Uh, she actually gets to do something in this episode. Yep. As opposed to human <laughs> reaction. <laughs> she's sort of like, first seen and then goodbye... Not seen again. Uh, so yeah, I get quite a lot of interaction in this episode. So uh, why don't we get down to it? Yes. Yeah, so we start off with uh, everyone sitting around the table, having some food. They're, they're basically having rainbow food. Yeah. They're... Every color I could find in there. <laughs> it's sort of like the... Oh, this is a bit of a deep cut, but have you seen Hook? The... Yes. There's the scene where they have like the imaginary food. And I can't remember that one specifically. Okay, well, they're like pretending that there's food there, and then uh, Robin Williams' Peter Pan sort of like believes, and then it's all rainbow-colored food. That's what it reminded me of. It's like <laughs> miscellaneous pile of blue thing Goop. next to green squares. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not food cubes, though. Yeah, and, that's, it's better than food cubes, that's true. Well, give or take. I, it, it's a lot of stuff that they all made themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of it is better than others. And they're, you know, they're sort of bickering a bit. Yeah, because they're like, look, Dargo and Xan are considering leaving Moya at the next stop because this whole pregnancy thing is basically putting them at risk because Moya can't really starburst that well because of the kid. Yeah, and in fact it says, you know, can't starburst at all. So, you know, we're going to get captured if we stick around on Moya. So Mm -hmm. our best bet is to sort of... Uh, leave, which is what, like you said, what Dargo and Zan want to do. But, and Rigel, obviously. And Rigel, yeah, of course. But Aaron doesn't want to abandon Moya, and neither does Crichton, actually. No. Chiana gets no say in this. <laughs> yeah, she actually says, don't, don't I get to say anything? And multiple times, just, no. No, you don't. Which <laughs> is just like, oh. Well, never mind. And she's, <laughs> what's actually funny, though, is that uh, as they're arguing, like, uh, pilot then suddenly comes over the comms. And yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, we heard you talking. Because <laughs> here's the thing, like, this is what Chiana was trying to tell them, is that the DRDs are around and they have ears. Yeah, like, you there's can't... a DRD on the shelf right there, specifically sitting there to listen to us. <laughs> so you can't talk behind a Leviathan's back, really. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, this is kind of... Uh, Pilot and Moya feel really bad that they can't starburst, and they actually want to help people. They right, want at to least not regularly group. starburst. Yeah, but he feels kind of hurt that they weren't included in the discussion. Like they were mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they've got a say in this too, being sentient living beings. <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, they kind of were talking without them, which is a little bit rude. And he says, "Right, well, we'll prove to you." Moya wants to prove to you that she is capable and because she doesn't want to lose her crew. No, she's committed. Yeah. That's it. And so she'd prepare for immediate starburst. Like, um, but, but she can do that for another 50, 
Ah, Orange. Tristine, no, 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 no. This will, this will be fine. This will be fine. fine. Let's just go. We'll go. See, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. Everything mm, is not fine. No, everything is not fine. <laughs> they, they launch into Starburst and just get thrown around inside the, um, inside the mess hall. And something has gone horribly wrong. And that's when we cut the titles. That's our hook. Something's up with Starburst. Oops. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be interesting because we've not really had much exploration of how Starburst works no. or what it is. It's it, just like. It's been a plot device thus far. Yeah. So we come back from the titles and everyone is sort of picking themselves up. And Aaron reckons they must have hit something. Rachel's uh, gone. Yeah. Zan's arm is damaged. She says the fibers are torn. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's a, but there's a bright white light shining in from outside the ship. And so, you know, what the hell's going on? And Dargo is going to go to command. So he walks out of the do- out of the doorway and then just mm-hmm. whoop, gets absorbed by some red light. Yeah, he's so like, it's red light and he gets sucked into one point around his chest. So, yep. And he's gone. <laughs> and, I, and I like that Zan at this point said, people can't just disappear like that. And I'm like, well, were you looking? I was like, ah, they can. Yeah, apparently so. So, that's not good. And then Aaron goes out as well, and then she disappears too, in a blue light this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Crichton manages to make it out without being sucked into some weird <laughs> point Zan of light. asking, like, what's happening, John? Really? And he's like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing the same shit you are. <laughs> but he does manage to make it to command, and Pilot says most systems are out. Moya's frightened, in great pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sees that Rigel is in tier 8, Aaron is in the maintenance bay, and he can't find Dargo. Yeah. Which is weird because we just saw them disappear. Mm-hmm. So, but apparently they got shifted to another part of the ship? Yeah, we'll see. But Chiana wants off. She wants off, off the ship. Yep. <laughs> She's, She's like, like, no, I'm done. I'm off. I'll, I'll take the shuttle pod. I'm going away. I don't care. And Crichton is like, well, not without everyone else. Yeah, and that's one. Also... Most systems are out, so we can't open the doors, so you can just fly the transport pod around the hangar bay. <laughs> so good luck with that. Yeah. And Sans like, okay, I'll go to pilot, keep him company. And John's like, okay, Rachel's at tier 8, Aaron's in the maintenance bay. Jenna, you go to tier 8. She's like, to frell I'm not. <laughs> it's like, listen, we've got to get everyone back together. We've got to figure what this out, and you can't leave. So, you know. Good. She's like, I only want to be part of your crew with, on a good day. <laughs> it's like, this is a good day. <laughs> uh, we've seen some bad days, and th- yeah. <laughs> and you know, John's pretty much right. <laughs> so to far. be honest, I do like this th- this talk because it's like, okay, look, Chiana, you want to be part of this crew? Start acting like it. Yeah, listen, we have to deal with weird stuff all the time. Get used to this. Uh, <laughs> So yep. she goes off to find Rigel, mainly because she can't actually leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and John goes to the maintenance bay to find, find Aaron. Aaron. But Aaron's not there, even though Pilot says, well, she was in the maintenance bay. And Aaron... You can't find her. No, and then he's looking around and a table starts vibrating with tools on it, just shaking. And mm-hmm. then, whoop, Crichton gets sucked into the red light. Yeah. And, and he comes out in Vomit Town. Oh, Yeah. He comes out basically. He comes out in red Moya. It's Moya, but like there's a red filter over everything. There's a red light, and the 
effect that this place has is that there's like a double exposure of oh. the of him walking around like out of sync. So yeah, two things. One, apparently it's also doing something to his eyes because the light here is very disturbing to his eyes. Yeah, even and, with his eyes closed. And basically, the first thing he does is throw up when he gets yeah. there. <laughs> Like, but it's double oh. exposure and out of sync, and the first thing I thought of was um, the back and back and back to the future episode, where mm. this also happened, but it's not that. Also, this is very uncomfortable to watch at. Like, I oh, felt yeah. legitimately sick in my stomach it while is watching this. very disorienting and just, oh, just weird, and it's not actually, it's not that great. I know what effect they were trying to do, but if I hadn't, if I wasn't obligated to finish the episode... I would turn it off. Uh, it didn't. Point. It didn't bother me that much. I'm glad that it does actually get better over time as yes. we see more of it, which is good. But yeah, this first scene is very kind of a little Ooh. bit nausea-inducing, and if that kind of thing affects you, if you're more susceptible to that kind of thing, then yeah, I can see it being very, you know, having the same reaction that John did. Luckily, I, w- ha- I had already eaten at that point, but otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> so he's. You know, looking around here, throwing up, trying to make it to a different part of the ship. And he gets to Pilot's Den eventually, but the pilot's not there. And the controls are moving, but no one seems to be pushing them. Mm-hmm. And I remember from the synopsis we gave last week, it's like different dimensions. And it's like, okay, I think I see what's going on here. Like, Moya's yeah. been, there's like another dimension and certain things are happening in one and, you know, affecting, affecting the other. Yeah. And so he does actually manage to find Dargo, sort of. He Dargo find, sees him yeah. pass, but isn't unable to yell out to Crichton, look, I'm over here. I thought it was a bit odd that like Crichton couldn't see him, because he was just like right there. Right, I think, like, I in think a at this point he had room. already ba- uh, oh, that's put true. a blindfold over his eyes, just to block out the light. Yeah, which is the smart thing to do, so good job. Mm-hmm. Also of note is that when he got sucked into the red moya, there was a certain sound, like a sort of scratching... Beeping, beeping yeah, noise. It's, it's high-pitched. Yeah, and so he Crane hears that sound again, and it's coming from above the table in command. Yes. And so he climbs up there, sort of hoists himself into the rafters, and then, whoop, gets sucked into blue moya. Yes. And now he's in a blue area. And oh. Okay, the eyes can handle this one. It's just the noise. I call this place Mute Town because I turn down the volume every time they're here. It was just like loud. Like my notes say, Blue Moya, loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's just there's a very loud ringing noise oh, constantly God. permeating this entire area of the ship or this yeah, entire version of Moya. So he can't hear anything he's saying. But he does manage to find Aaron. And Who also can't hear anything. No, saying. they can't hear each other. And actually, this bit is actually quite funny. I, lo- they, I love this bit. They start resorting to charades. <laughs> to just be like... Aaron is trying to say, where's Dargo? So she pantomimes like a large sword chopping. He's like, oh, got it, Dargo. Yeah, I know, I know. He doesn't get it at that point, And then she basically oh, yeah, she does just... his tentacles. It's like, oh, Dargo, haven't seen him. <laughs> Have you seen Rachel? And he just... Like he's holding a large ball, like floating it in front of his head, and then frumps, frumps, like does like a frowning face, is just like, which is just starting to laugh at that bit. I I like even Aaron is laughing at this point. Like, this is silly. 
<laughs> At this point, they decide, like, okay, okay. The noise is still incredibly annoying. <laughs> annoying. So they're like, okay, okay, fine. In that case, we'll just start looking for Rigel and uh, Dargo. And so they start walking around, but John actually brings Aaron to command because right. he knows where the portal is. So he's just, okay, let's go through here. He jumps up. Nothing happens. Yeah, it looks like it only works one way. So if they want to get back to a uh, different Moya, they have to find another way through. Yes, which as they're looking for uh, Dargo and Rigel in this sh- on this version of the ship, uh, they actually do. They f- well, not John be- finds a portal near his tape recorder. He tries to grab it and suddenly gets slowly sucked in. Again, that noise, by the way. Yeah, same noise. But not before. They're walking along the corridor and there are some like scratches of yellow light in midair. Yeah, you're right. Like like claw marks. Yes. Uh, in midair. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so not only is Moya split into different dimensional versions, but there seems to be something else out there mm-hmm. possibly attacking them, possibly stalking, uh, them. stalking them. Yeah. But yes, like you said, Crichton finds his tape recorder in Rigel's quarters. Rigel. Obviously. <laughs> and then Mind just... Detail. He sort of goes to grab it and then his hand starts going through... A, and he a, tries to pull rift. it out with his other arm, which also gets sucked in. And it's just like... Whoop. And now he's in Yellow Moya, which... <laughs> I love Yellow Moya. I'm sorry. <laughs> yellow Moya is, is just... Oh, yellow God. Moya is actually fun. This is, this is really good because... Okay, so Crichton does manage to find Rigel and Rigel is just laughing at everything. Yeah, and... I, I like that John comes in here and he's like, okay, no annoying light, no annoying sound. This is improvement. We're, co- we're doing better. And he actually, because he was in Rigel's quarters uh, in the blue one, he comes out in the yellow one also in Rigel's quarters. Yeah. And Rigel is, as you said, laughing his ass off. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says, and Crichton is explaining what happens and... Then he starts cracking up as well. Yeah. They talk, like, look, there's apparently different versions of Moya. Could you stop laughing? <laughs> and as they keep, as they get talking, John is also slightly cracking up at jokes. Rigel is making, yeah. And he's like, at some point, John's like, you don't tell jokes. And I don't laugh at them. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, like... It is that sort of infectious laughter that does start to get to you as well. It's like... You can't stop. Yeah. Especially because Rigel's like, I, I don't laugh at jokes. And, and Rigel's like, uh, yes, I, and I don't tell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so stupid. It is. And the oh. best, I think the best part is when John is like, okay, no, we have to try and we have to. And he's trying to like stop himself from laughing. Uh-huh. He's just like, nope, 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 it's not funny. Nope. Not funny, nope. The best one, I feel, is that at some point, look, I need to I need to get out of here before I end up like you. What? Handsome and with sensual prowess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's that so good. That one was legit funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, okay, you got to listen out for the noise. And he's trying to tell Rigel what to look for, but Rigel just will not take yeah, him no. seriously. It's like, no, okay. John's like, fine, fine. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And so he hears another noise, and it's down the uh, access chute that we've seen a couple of times now. Yes. So and he goes, but down the fun slide. Happy fun slide. Whee! 
<laughs> he comes out laughing on the other end. And then just suddenly like back to normal because now he's back on normal Moya, which is fine. There is no nothing, nothing going weird on. going on here. Yeah. They're back up in command and Chiana and Zan are kind of annoyed at pilot say, Right, you that's more false information you've given us. We checked where you told us to, where the others are located, and they're not there. Yeah, and there's no one. And he says, But this is what Moya is telling me and then Crichton arrives and is like, okay, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. There are th- at least three other Moyers. There's the you know, red Moyer, which is vomit-inducing. Blue Moyer, which is very loud. And yellow Moyer, which is just funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. And he says, have you heard of anything similar to this happening before? Yeah, like, do you have any idea about objects existing at the same place at the same time. Multiple uh, dimensions. Yeah, he does explicitly call out like parallel dimensions and stuff yes. like that. Well, And now we actually get from Pilot a bit of uh, explanation of what exactly Starburst is mm-hmm. and how it works. And he says Starburst is the seam between space-time dimensions. Moya rides that seam and is pushed out at a random location. Yes. Uh, which doesn't... <laughs> the random part... Doesn't sit well with Chiana. No. She's like, wait, what? what? I'm sorry, what? Random? Random? This wasn't... I didn't know this was part of the deal. It's like, okay, okay, we'll worry about that later. Yeah, you can get off next time you want. Go yeah. ahead. I also like that Pilot is talking about things being like, well, that in that spectrum, things get split up and their main elements, light, sound. And that, at that point, I'm like, okay, light, sound, I get... What the hell is the yellow dimension? Funny uh, is it just elements? I, it's the element of surprise. I don't know. <laughs> like, light, sound, funny, tacos. I mean, what? <laughs> is there a taco dimension out there somewhere? <laughs> Everything changed when the funny nation attacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little bit weird, but whatever, you know. One of the this episode's strengths, I think, is that it doesn't focus too heavily on like the techno babble aspect of what all the dimensions are. It's like, okay, they're split into these versions, because yeah, but... that's not really how Farscape works. It doesn't go big on the you know we have to rotate these dimensional and and the you know really yeah. try and explain stuff. It does a little bit so that you have some idea of you know how things are quote supposed to work you know internal mm-hmm. consistency and everything but it's just like okay it's been split off into these three versions there you go yeah it's just i find it funny that funny is apparently a base element <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, i love i mean that's the kind of goof please put those goofs in your episodes because that's just fun <laughs> but yeah it turns out what actually happened was that yeah moya entered starburst too early and without adequate thrust yeah so she got into it and but not... she wasn't going fast enough to be thrown out at the at a other end. She's stuck in Starburst. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's happening. And with whatever is on the other side of Starburst. Yes. And it's... I like that John's actually pissed off about this. Like, you could have told us right away, thank you very much. Yeah, it's like, why didn't you let us know? And it's like, <laughs> we're sorry. We, we felt inadequate and we didn't want to bring it up. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, okay. Let's just try and get out of here. And then Crichton explains that something else is going on. There's, you know, you've got the creature with the claw marks in midair that mm-hmm. appear to be chasing them. So everyone else, go get the guns. I'm going to go work with Pilot and yeah. figure this out. And at this point, actually, we see a beautiful CG shot of three Moyas being 
Overlaid. I mean, they still meet at yeah. the end, but their fronts are going three different directions. A yellow one going up, a red one going slightly forward, and a blue one going down. And yeah. Just being torn apart. It is a very nice CG shot. A little bit abstract, but it, it definitely works. It and, works very well. Yeah, and so the next scene we see is... Uh, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably gush a bit about some stuff in this scene. Go ahead. This is Pilot and Crichton in Pilot's Den. And I, a lot of the time when we see Pilot, it's a cutaway to Pilot just by himself. You know, uh, either on like the communication clamshell thing in the hologram or just by himself in his quarters. And then this scene, we have John in there with him. And so you get reminded of the scale of Pilot. And yes. Pilot is massive. He is. Um, He's huge. And so what he's actually doing is explaining to Crichton, you know, how to reverse the thrusters so that they can try and get out. Mm -hmm. And then actually Crichton is kind of comforting Pilot and saying, you know, you didn't have to starburst. And it's like, so it's like Pilot says, it's no time for recriminations. And John's like, no, no. We we should have told you. John says, you know, we should have been upfront about our feelings. We shouldn't have tried to hide them from you or talk behind your back. That wasn't me trying to put blame on you. That's what he said. And Moira is still very scared, uh, mm-hmm. Pilot tells him, and he actually kind of, you know, sort of hugs him a little bit. And okay, I know I've, I know this is like I've said this many, many times, but we've said how good the Jim Henson Creature Shop is at what they do. Mm-hmm. And regular listeners will know that I am a massive fan of Pilot's puppet and design, and they do such a good job making him feel like a real character that like at points in this scene you like forget that he's being puppeted by like four or five different people i was not thinking about that at all it's just like you believe him his i his expression he's got such a great like range of expressions and mm-hmm. looks genuinely sad and hurt and ah uh, it's so good <laughs> and you can notice that it makes it as far as I can tell, easier for the actors yeah. to act against... As long as there's somebody probably off-screen doing the lines of yeah. Pilot, it's there pretty was, easy yeah. because the physical, the physicality of the puppet is enough to be, to be a, another actor to it, act against. Absolutely, and the, the entire crew just of uh, Pilot's puppeteers do an amazing, amazing job to make him look like a real character and this scene really shows that off like when you get him to act with another person with John there like it just mm. um, it works mm. it works really well so the thing like like and like you said it must be great for the actors because so the reason that practical effects aren't used all the time or certainly not now when CG is so prevalent and much better than it used to be mm-hmm. CG is actually cheaper um, Often it is, yes, and, and it, it looks better, especially. Not necessarily, not always. I okay. like. I don't think a CG character in place of Pilot, even like the kind of CG you can do now, would have been better. The thing is, like for me, a lot of the time, like good practical effects work a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. But I understand that like they are super expensive and a real hassle mm-hmm. to do. So that's why, like, you get a lot of CG characters these days because, like, okay, tennis ball on a stick, or like, <laughs> yeah, somebody like, I, wearing a thing. It's like, right, we'll add that in later. We that's actually cheaper. We will just get a bunch of guys 
who are underpaid and don't, you know, have a lot of uh, support and unionization <coughs> um, to render that onto some computers later. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, and I, I'm reminded of, I think it was, was it Ian e. McKellen? Yeah, act, The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, who had to act uh, towards a tennis ball suspended in midair. Sort of. It, it was worse than that, right? So we're getting off topic here, but whatever. I actually... This, this, this is episode a, isn't that long. We can do this. We can do this, yeah. like So uh, in filming The Hobbit, there was a scene where, you know, they have to have Ian McKellen look big and all the hobbits look small. And he was on a green screen set. Everything was green screened. And there were little sticks with, a, with like, circles on the end of them with a photo of the character it was supposed to be and that would light up when that character was supposed to be talking or that he was supposed to be looking at and after it had been a long day of filming and he kind of broke down and said this isn't why I became an actor yeah I'm like there isn't even somebody the actors aren't even off screen to do the lines with you yeah and like that's that's incredible I've, I've, I've done acting myself and what I found, especially in a uh, big theater play I was doing, um, it was actually Mort. Guess who I played? <laughs> Red Hair. But I found that the scenes with the better actors, I was also acting better. Yeah, exactly. You get like a, you play off each other. Yeah. And although, like in the example I gave, the reason it was like that in the Lord of the Rings, that was all practical in-camera stuff with, like, foreshortening effects. Mm -hmm. And they were on the same set, but they used, like, uh, tricks of the camera, basically, like, they would be further away, but they would have, you know, larger props, and it would... Mm -hmm. it would they were still there. Or at but, worst, they were off-camera doing the lines, at least. So well, yeah. they had someone to act the, towards. The reason it was CG'd in The Hobbit was because The Hobbit was filmed in 3D. And those kind of in-camera tricks don't work with the way 3D is filmed. Oh, right. So, yeah. Uh. But yeah, like, um, I... And I, I don't want to knock 3D at all. Like, 3D has is really can be really good when it's done well, but... But it rarely is done well. Yeah, and... But, on the other hand, practical effects are super expensive. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Especially like something like Pilot, but like the end result is, I think I mean, for me it's it's a lot better. It works a lot better for a series where you expect to be using it for a long time because it's a one-time investment plus maintenance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, like, listen, I really fucking love Pilot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and and Fair enough. and he's so believable as a character because of the amazing puppet work, and every time they get into a scene where it's like. He has to, where Pilot has to be emotional and show emotion. I've not been let down yet. So no, same with Rigel and me. Yeah. Like, so, God, I love Rigel's face. So good job. Like it, it, the reason it's impressive to me is because is partly because Pilot is so big, mm -hmm. and they're still able to get like that range of emotion onto him. And ah, uh, I believe that this weird crab-looking creature Pilot thing is. It's real. I believe. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to anyway, back to what we were talking about. Sorry, like like I said, like I I knew I was gonna go off uh, at that point and just talk about that again. That was <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's so anyway? Back to like you said, back to what's happening. Pilot has explained to Crichton, okay, you have to reverse the thrusters, so you have to go and tell everyone in every version of Moya to reverse the thrusters at the same time. Yes. 
and that should provide enough power to get out again. Mm -hmm. And so Crichton goes to tell Zan and Chiana what the plan is, and then the creature rips through again, so they shoot at it. And it's actually trying to come through quite... You can see its claws. Yeah, trying to sort of poke through. Like, there's big glowing light and that's sort of forming a hole and the yeah, claws are trying to come through. And But they shoot it and it goes away. Mm-hmm. And so Crichton says, okay, Zan, you stay with Pilot. Me and Chiana, we're going to go to the Red Moya. And Chiana's like, uh, excuse me? It's like, no, nope, come on. You're part of the crew now. <laughs> Time there in your keep. And she, he basically shoves her through the portal. Yep. Like, and, and it goes after. And the funny thing here is that, I mean, John's still nauseous by this, but uh, Chiana's fine. She's actually okay. She's like, didn't you say this like made you nauseous? He's like, yes, very much. Huh. Doesn't for me. <laughs> Lucky. And I think this is the point at which the double exposure effect kind of goes away. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's not happening anymore in the Red Moya, which is good for us watching because it's so much less disorienting. <laughs> I could put the bucket away at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so they managed to find Dargo, and he's wearing, like, a mask. We've seen him wear, like, his visor mask before when he went yeah. down to uh, the planet until the blood runs clear because yes. it was very bright. Um, yeah. And Crane's <laughs> like, how's that? Uh, is that helping? Like, not not really. I only... He's like, yes, I only barf once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so Dargo is asking, you know, what's going on? What the hell is happening? In fact, actually, no, he uses a fake swear. He says, what the Hezmana is coming? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I was like, something. oh, that's a new one, I think. But <laughs> I think it's been used before, but I don't know. I don't recall. And so Crane explains this, like, never heard of that before. But Chiana says she has heard of something like this happening yeah. before. And I, like, actually, before we go on with this... John at some point is like, look, I, don't, I haven't heard about that an, at all. I don't know anything about anything. My species doesn't even go to the moon anymore. I'm like, oh. ow. Oh. Ow, that hurt, John. Oh. That hurt. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then, then Chiana actually reveals that she knows a thing or two about this. Well, yeah, because it turns out that her people's weapon scientists, once they poked a hole through to another dimension... Um, because, like, we've established that the Nabari have ridiculously powerful um, spaceships in the previous mm-hmm. episode in Durka Returns, because they said, you know, we blew up a command carrier with just, like, a regular ship. Yeah. And so, yeah, apparently the Nabari poked a hole into another dimension. Uh, they could close it. They, they lost control and wiped out an entire solar system. So, you yeah, know. basically ended up in tiny, tiny chunks. Yeah, which included four inhabited planets, so good job. Well done. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, so uh, Crichton then explains to Dargo that we have to get the... In- you have to, you know, put the engines in reverse. Here's the long sequence of commands you have to put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to do it all at the same time. And it's like half an arm, I think. Yeah, and so, right, this is what you do. You stay in pilot's den. I'll go and, you know get everyone else ready to go. And I like at this point that they're like, wait a second. Chiana, you're not affected by this light, right? And she's like, no. But no. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm not staying here on my own and doing this. Screw you two. I mean, and Dargo decides to just 
John's like, okay, I'll stay here. You guys go get Aaron. And Dargo's like, no, 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 you can barely stand in this. I'll, I'll do this. I've been here longer, fair, but yeah. I'm holding my own on this. I did think it was a bit like weird of Chiana to just be like, oh, no, I'm not staying here by myself. But, but you're fine. You're fi- oh, fine, okay. <laughs> okay. Fine. I mean, she gets punished for it pretty quickly. Yeah, because after the creature turns up again, which, uh-huh. you know, shoot at it, runs away, Crichton and Chiana go into the blue moya, and, oh. Actually, I forgot. <laughs> Before they leave, John's wobbling out of command. He's like, Ugh. and Dargo's like, no, 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 not in here. Puke outside, not in here. It's like, Bleh. oh, my God. Yeah, right. He actually throws up over, like, the... Uh, side of the walkway. <laughs> yeah, and Dario's like, oh, oh dude, come on, yeah, oh, that's I nasty. I stay here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, then Crichton and Chiana hop into Blue Moya, and Chiana just starts screaming because the noise is really bad for her. It's it's excruciating for her. And what I really like is as as John gets up, the lighting. On Chiana actually seems distorted. Specifically, yeah. Chiana, not John. It's like it's it's almost like this sound is tearing her apart. Yeah, this this weird physically. kind of yeah. This I don't know what you would call it, but like a almost like like there are extra reflections and light mm-hmm. moving over her, and it's yeah. So she's kind of useless in this uh, version of Moya. So yeah, he so... picks her up, puts her on his shoulders, and carries her just and then just. <laughs> takes her to the point where they went through to the yellow moya in Rigel's mm-hmm. quarters and <laughs> I like I like how he does this he basically kind of props her up and then just falls over <laughs> she falls through the water like to the next one. Oh yeah and so then the creature turns up again but this time Crichton just looks at the scratch marks that it leaves mm-hmm. and... it's like there's something here and for some reason, he doesn't want to attack it, and then Aaron just shoots it from behind him. Yeah, because Crichton thinks that something else must be going on here with the there, There's something off with the creature. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, Aaron has turned up, and she's actually modified a pair of headsets so they can now talk. Yeah, it, it negates the noise, though you can hear it in the distance, and it also allows them to talk to each other. Yeah, and actually, I like this, that... Uh, Crichton's impressed. It's like, hey, not bad for the girl who likes who doesn't like to do homework. Yeah, I mean, I really, he's really actually impressed with what she's done here. Aaron's like, I just modified a basic headset. It's military gear, so it doesn't even count, really. <laughs> so yeah, he tells Aaron what the plan is. So and she's like, okay, no, I know what to do. I've got it. And he's like, John's like, no, no, no. Oh, Pilot was very specific about this. What needs to be done? Very specific and. Aaron's like, I have some of his DNA in me. And, no, no, very specific. And she's just, she starts reciting the sequence completely from memory. It's like, all right, got it. All right, I'm sorry, I, it's going to be hard to doubt you in the future, he says. And I like that as Aaron walks away, it's like, well, I can't help my strengths. Well, yeah, I think she says, I apologize. Well, I apologize for my strengths. <laughs> yeah. Off she goes. And so... But then Crichton notices, again, more scratch marks on the wall from the creature. Mm-hmm. And so now Crichton hops through to Yellow Moya. But now there's white light cutting off corridors. Yeah, there's parts of the ship that are apparently being swallowed up by the other dimension already, slowly. Yeah, so they, uh, they've they got to get out of there pretty quick, otherwise they'll all be absorbed. And so he heads to Pilot's Den in Yellow Moya, 
and Tiana and Rigel are just laughing, to, you know, <laughs> joking together. They're just doing stupid shit. She's balancing on the front of the console, walking over it, and Rigel's just like, like, no, no, be careful, otherwise you die! <laughs> <laughs> Which, really, she was in no danger there, but... <laughs> and so now, this is probably the most difficult one of, like, now Crichton has to explain how to do this to two people who are laughing their ass off. And Crichton is starting to get affected as well. I mean, Crichton is mostly just putting in all the sequences, and he's like, okay, Gianna, if it stops, you need to uh, reevaluate the green wobble. I need to ignore the green bobble. And I'm like, no, green, no. No, it's like, restore uh, the green knob. It's like, okay, eat the green slop. <laughs> it's like, no, no, God. It's like, Look, if you do this, I'll take you down on the next planet with a shuttle. Promise. And I like that, as he says promise, he just has his fingers crossed right in her face. It's like, they don't know what that means. No, he, they don't know what that means. He, can, he doesn't have to hide that. Um, but as he leaves, Rigel starts singing. Oh, yes, he actually is like, because he says, like, reverse, dominoes don't travel in reverse. And just like, well, turn around, pretend it's forward. <laughs> they both crack up at that. Oh, there is no expanse of the mind the will cannot traverse, or physically the distance laid across the universe. There's blessings many in the stars, save one lamented curse, that 16th Rigel, glory me, must travel in reverse. <laughs> There's a little dance that goes with that, but I can't do these both at the same time. <laughs> like, that song is brilliant. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It's so silly. Uh, uh, yellow Moya. Yeah, I Moya is best Moya. <laughs> All right. So now, Crichton makes his way back to regular Moya, and pilot reports. Okay, there's full reverse power, but we're still being drawn in. So it's yeah, not it's working. working. Um. So he goes with Zan to command, and so they're like, "What the hell? What's going on? What do we do?" And Crichton looks around. There are a lot more scratch marks now mm -hmm. from the creature on the wall. And at this point, also, Pilot points out, like, there oh, is something we yeah. can do. It's a long shot, but it's something we can do. And, it, and they're like, okay, what is it? Moya could sacrifice the baby. Because if she gives up the baby willingly, she'd have more energy to pull out. And there's no discussion on this one. Both Zan and uh, John are like, no. No, like, we can't ask Moya to do that. That's No, no we're not going to do that. I'm like, uh, guys, don't want to be rude, but death or not would probably still be the better solution like i guess sorry, so but otherwise but... the kid also dies yeah i think pilot does actually point that out like you know either way the kid dies basically yeah um either they stay and all die or they all or they you know sacrifice the baby the the, the problem with that is that i mean they don't know that that's gonna work like yeah uh, that's not it's a but very it might, long it shot. might achieve nothing and that's yeah. why they're like no that's not, we're not gonna do that yeah, because, God, it would be awful if, like, they achieve, if they do that, it doesn't work, and then they find a way out. It's like, well, that was for nothing. Yeah. Um, but then the, the mysterious energy creature appears again, large hole, like, opening, and the, uh, Zan gets ready to shoot, and John's like, wait, because he's noticed that the scratch marks are all in groups of primes. Yeah, they're prime numbers. There's 3, 7, 11, all that stuff. So Crichton's like, wait, this is trying to communicate. This is like textbook, like first contact kind of thing, like mm -hmm. sequence of primes, stuff that you know all species understand. And but Moya and Pilot are very scared, and they're like, they're like please shoot. Moya shoot is scared. Her. I'm like, 
and like, shoot her. But Moya is scared. Please shoot him. Like Moya being scared is not enough reason to kill something. I'm very sorry. If she's hurt, that's a good reason. Too. I mean, they both think that. I mean, as far as I know, that the thing's been coming after them. So true. But John's like, no, okay, I'm gonna figure this out, and he pops his head into the opening hole. <laughs> The yeah. glowing hole. Like, and we get whoop. a shot of... I'm sorry, This is these are just really corny bad effects. Uh, there's, I didn't like this at all. Because John goes in and there's a big white light. There's just whiteness around him. And his face is... There's not just a double exposure. There's like four or five different exposures of Crichton's face. All the different sizes sort of around him. Yeah. And yeah, it is a bit... It's not a great effect. Um I also kind of wasn't strictly necessary, but anyway. No. I didn't like this one at all. Yeah, that, those effects were not great. And we do see that there is an alien inside, which is, we see parts of, we don't see the whole thing. There are, like, tentacles mm. and close-up of, like, mottled purple-blue skin and lumpy... Bit, like it, It's clearly, like, a very alien... A non-human alien. It's, non it's very non-humanoid. Yeah. yeah, and so... John was right that, you know, trying to communicate and is talking to the alien. The creature says, you know, you've breached our realm. And so it's clearly something that lives on the other side of yeah. Starburst in, in another dimension, basically. And, and John's like, oops, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. <clears throat> and, we're trying to, look, we're trying to back out. We're trying to solve this. And it's like, uh, yeah, if you do that, uh, you'll tear the hole open even further and irreparably damage yeah. the divide between realities. So, I'm, I'm kind of the gatekeeper. I'm supposed to destroy anything that uh, causes these effects. And it's like, uh, please don't. <laughs> well, because the creature says that this has never actually happened with living matter before. Uh huh. Uh, it must have happened before with things like energy or you know non-living matter, mechanical things, possibly like the Nabari. I, I'm surprised because didn't four creature, uh, four whole planets get sucked in? Well, they didn't get sucked in. That was like the blast back from the thing going wrong. Oh, that's probably that was probably this alien closing it. That's being exactly like, what well, I'm thinking. Well, that gives a bit yeah. of a bang on the yeah, other Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. Like, if you rupture the link between the realities, then that's what happens. Big bang. Everything goes boom. Everybody yeah, dies. Um, so what? But what we can do is you have to go forwards, and I will try and guide you through and out the other side. Yeah. To the to the to your side. You can't come to my side because you can't exist there. Like, yep. your molecule, your reality doesn't work there. Not the way you experience it. Yeah, so it will try and guide them back to real space, basically. Yes, where they came from. And so, John pops back out of the hole and pilot says, and pilot and Zan, as far as they're concerned, he was just, he popped, he went in and straight back out. Yeah. Um, but he said, no, I had this whole conversation, it, you know, we have to go forwards. We have to actually go through. We have to go through the uh, energy reality. Thing. We space. need to go. We need to start us forward. And pilot's like, "Yeah, not going to happen. That's not what we're going to do." And he's like, "No, trust me on this. We. This is our only way out of here." And uh -huh. so, okay, all you have to do is reverse the last four controls in the sequence that I gave you before. You've got five. And Crichton says, "Right, five hundred microts, and then go. Then, then." Crichton actually just starts counting down. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, 500, 499, 498. <laughs> yep. So they're on a timer here. So he's running 
towards Redmoyer, hops in there, and there's actually a sequence where he's running along the corridor, and it's a kind of slow-mo. This, we talked about it, I think it was the last episode. I think it was the last one or the one before that, where... Uh, uh, no, it's oh, the no, one before it was, that. Yeah, it was in Durka Returns, there was the weird slow-mo running in the corridors that didn't serve any purpose. Mm-hmm. Here, I think it actually is yes. fine. Like, it, it does serve a purpose of, like, no, we have... To, it, it's kind of dramatic tension of, like, no, we it's, have to get there. L- slow motion r- works really well when you want to point out that every second counts. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah. Here it works. <laughs> yes, and he gets he gets to pilot's room. Dargo's still there, and he's like, "Well, it didn't work." And he's like, "Yeah, no, you need to do go forward, reverse the last four commands." Dargo's like, "Um, excuse me, that's suicide." It's like, "No, okay, just do it." And you have three hundred microns. It's like I don't have a stopwatch or like a you know a clock or anything. So it's like. <laughs> And this, this is great. Like I love John, this. John's like, okay, you just count like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, like that. And okay, you know. and, and John walks out not before puking again in the room, <laughs> which really upsets Darko. <laughs> like, and Darko then's like, okay, fine, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> three Mississippi. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, so I mean, it works. <laughs> it works. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back to Blue Moyer, and then he's running through the corridors of Blue Moyer again with the similar kind of slow mo effect. He also cuts the shots of his boots, you know, pounding on the ground. Uh-huh. Again, doing the whole, you know, every second counts, that kind of thing. And gets into trouble because par- more parts of Moyer are being absorbed into the, the light, so he can't go through certain corridors. I mean,. I'm a little disappointed in John that it took him that long to figure out to just put the headset on. Yeah, like he doesn't <laughs> have to in this one. Only put the headset on and and just talk to Aaron over the comm. Yeah, like you don't have to try and get to the same. Like you can save a lot of time. You just put it on straight away. Anyway, he yeah. puts the headset on. It's like right, you need to rev- you need to go forwards, and she's like, right, I know what to do. You got 150 microts. And uh, they have a brief conversation, and it's like, uh, he, uh, and she's, he says, like, you have 150 microns. He's like, 130 right now. <laughs> she can apparently count in her head just fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, there's a few things I actually like about this part. For one, Aaron immediately trusts him. Yep. She's like, there's no doubt in her mind. Like, oh, okay, yeah. if you say that this needs to happen, then we just do this. Mm-hmm. And two, I like that as he, wa- uh, as he runs to the exit, she, she's like, Good luck, and he responds with YouTube, babe. <laughs> ah, I mean, it's it's a bit corny, but I do like that. It's there's like, there's also a part in the scene where he's like, as he goes over the calm, she's not in the pilot uh, pilot's chamber, and she's like, I would. Uh, he asks, where are you? I'm, I was trying to find an exit because I didn't know if you're coming back. Yeah, don't know if you're coming back, and he says, no, I, I'd never leave you. Yeah, I like her smile yeah. at that. Yeah, and it's like, oh, there it is. There's that little... Finally, can we now please keep going with this? I mean, they are. Like, we saw in A a Human Reaction that that really started to develop their relationship even more. And so, yeah, this seems to actually be a thing that is... It's going to keep going. Because after um, the Flax, it didn't seem like they were sticking with this until A Human Reaction. Well, that's, that's when, like, oh, okay, now we're actually accepting that it is a real thing. That's because the episode after the, immediately after the Flax was Jeremiah Crichton, 
Right. Which didn't acknowledge a lot of things that actually happened. True. They were uh, on the break for three months. That probably doesn't help. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, oh, you could God. have said three weeks, but let's be honest. That, that episode... Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, not to spend more time ragging on that episode. We did a, we did a whole podcast about that. Yeah, we're done. We should <laughs> you be can done go listen that. to that again if you like. But anyway, so he's explained what he has to do. What he's explained what Aaron has to do. So right back to Yellow Moya. Let's try and. He actually takes a different out. exit this time. Yeah, because the route he was taking before has been cut off by the uh, white light. That's mm-hmm. absorbing the ship, so he has to listen out for the sound and try and find another way uh, to Yellow Moya, which he does. It's through like an access uh, shaft or an access panel. Yes, but he manages to get there. I actually like that this time. He's like, right, I'll do this part myself. Yeah, because like he doesn't have that much time. He's like, as he comes into Yellow, he, th- he has like fifty seconds left. Yeah. So he runs to pilot's uh, chamber and it's like, okay, you two get out of my way and just starts doing some controls. <laughs> And he pushes one down, and everything starts shaking. And I like he's like, "Oh, we're screwed." And Rachel just pops underneath him. So between his arms is like, "Should I disrope?" <laughs> like, <laughs> damn it, Rachel! Yeah, <laughs> should I disrope for dramatic effect? Not... Basically, <laughs> I like Chiana being like, "Yes." <laughs> and so yeah, they've got it all working. They hit the button, and there's this big well, shaking. Oh, and all the Moyers converge, and because everyone is all in pilot's chamber, they all end up in regular Moya, which, you know, the other versions have come back together, and they all end up sprawled over pilot's console next to yeah. each other, with pilot there, and they all just start laughing. Um, pilot doesn't get the joke. He does not understand why they're finding this so amusing. I think pilot, when he does that, he's kind of being a little bit, like, dry... So I kind of was like, I failed to see the source of the amusement. And then he does have like a kind There's of a smile a of smile. I, saw, I caught it as well. A That's beautiful such... shot, by the way. I love this so much. Okay. This is, it's, this is like there's the whole crew there. They zoom out on the pilot's console. There's the whole crew together in one shot, including pilot, Rigel, all the actors. And it's just like, Mwah. So good. This is ah. actually the first time we've ever had a shot of I think all of them together, including Pilot. Yeah, and definitely. It's, and they're all laughing and you know happy that they survived, and it and it just really cements like they are a family. And yes, friends. and that that goes on to the next scene. I love where they're so, where so they're I, now eating again and they're having fun. They're telling stories. I they're, love this ending so much. It's, ah, this. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like about this episode, but I love the ending. Like. Really love the ending. Yeah, and uh, it, the just the whole banter between all of them is really just really it's good, so and good. it's really entertaining, and just it's so good to see them all be happy together. Yeah, including Chiana, who's just she's new here, but she seems to be you know having fun with the rest of them. I like how Z- she and Zan are trading stories, where <laughs> it's I, pretty clear that they're both talking about their kind of bad pasts. Okay, so there's a line here that I, that I love, because Chiana's like, and then I told them to, you know, get screwed, and we kicked the crap out of them. <laughs> She's like, 
Yeah, don't suppose you've ever done anything like that. And no, no, no I like, I like. To, I don't know if I should be telling, telling you this. this. Right? Yeah. And then, that. It sounds like, my dear, I've kicked more ass than you've sat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant line. I love I that. I love that so much. It's a great line. Um, and Dargo's like, and then you know, I told her this, and it's like, it's just like, no, you didn't. You didn't. Did that work? Like, no, the girl like chucked me <laughs> the out. The girl at Red Ray screaming. Almost, I almost got arrested. <laughs> And they're having, and they're sort of eating the food again that they've made themselves. And it's like this food's great, apart from these things. And John's like, "Oh yeah, those are uh, Grandma Crichton's uh, biscuits or biscuits. something." Yeah. And it's like, what's in them? It's like flour, uh, buttermilk, uh, salt, salt, honey. It's like, but we don't have any of those things. Uh, yeah, that's probably why they're terrible. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the problem. Chuck those things at his face. <laughs> It's just a really, actually good, like, happy, happy ending, really. S- series rarely do these scenes, which is which is a bummer. I'll be I'll be honest, like, it would lose its impact if it happened all the time. And Farscape really isn't the kind of show, so far that we've seen anyway, that does like the everybody laughs happy ending no, that is all true. the time. But it's nice to have it this once. Yes, um, I agree. Particularly because, like, we're still in season one we're coming towards the end of it we're sort of on the you know the home stretch now we have five more to go after this yeah and so they've all been coming together as a crew and so this is like the shot or like the scene where we see that kind of happen mm-hmm. <laughs> also at the end there's like uh yeah because actually pilot comes over the calm and he's he says uh, well uh I'm glad you're all having fun i don't really get why <laughs> i'm glad you're all enjoying yourselves <laughs> Look, we were extremely affected by this. We're starting to realize that we actually like each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not what they say, but that's the subtext of it. Yeah, but... Yeah. And, and the uh, pilot's like, I actually have news about the baby. And, and they're all like, oh, shit, no. Yeah, the first reaction is just like, is everything okay? Did something happen? It's and like, they're like, no, no, no. It's good, actually. Better. It's... um. It's kind of time, and they're like, "Wait, we're having a baby?" Yeah, I mean, we're having a baby. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 that uh, pilot points out not right now, but because uh, the says, gestation cycle of Viatons is apparently not that exact. Could be longer, could be shorter, but uh, he's like, "It's coming." Uh, Moya knows it's coming soon. It's not that far off anymore. Yeah, and so yeah, and they're all obviously very pleased by this and Rigel said like oh well feel free to name it after me <laughs> and Chian's like only if it's a runt it's like hey how yeah. <laughs> and I like that John's like okay a toast to Moya's baby and this Jargo takes the glass from his hand thank you because <laughs> he doesn't know what a toast is he just thinks that John was handing him a glass but I do like what John says is like this is definitely one of the good days Yes. Yeah, and, and that's where the episode ends. That's where we leave it. So uh, uh, we end on a really good note. Yeah. Um, what do we think overall? I really enjoyed this episode. I did as well. I it's... know. You, I know you didn't like the parts with the the double exposure effect in. No, uh, Red that actually that actually weighed a large part of uh, for what I think about it because it, being physically uncomfortable while watching an episode that's a new one for me and I don't like it. Yeah. So. Uh, for me, like I, it didn't make me nauseous. I didn't actually feel ill from that. So that's probably why. I guess it will affect people differently, mm-hmm. you know. So that's probably why I didn't mark it down because of that. So, but I can totally understand. Like, if that makes you feel sick, that's not good. <laughs> that's bad. 
I'm trying to think. I mean, they, they could have. I think if they had done, they could have done the same effect, but with less of a delay, because there was actually a significant delay in the exposures. Mm. There was like um, they would move, and it would be like another couple of seconds before like the the second exposure would move. Yeah, it line was up really. If yeah. I, I think if they had shortened the time so that it was like much closer together, it probably wouldn't have been so you know nausea inducing. Mm. And it's kind of a bottle episode in that. Good bottle episodes can happen. Oh yeah, but I mean, there's not inherently anything wrong with a bottle episode if you do it right, you know. And mm -hmm. because we don't have anything else other than Moya, I mean, we have the creature, the weird extra-dimensional creature, but it's all set on Moya. Maybe three different versions of Moya, but you know, there still you go. Moya. Uh, yeah, but that actually is fine. Like the there's a lot they do and with all the characters which is a great thing to see and mm -hmm. just the shot i just the the part with john comforting pilot and the shots of everyone sitting together on pilots uh, in pilot's den and the bits in yellow moya are just like those are the standout yeah. parts of the I th episode i think i'm gonna have to give it a four out of five I a low four because of the because nauseating of that. part. That's totally fine. It was I... either a high three or a low four, and I'm going to have to go with a very low four. Like, just on the cusp. Because was... that nauseating bit just... Yeah. Just, I, this is the first time I've really been uncomfortable by editing. Yeah, and that's totally fair. Like, uh, I would probably agree with you then on that. Like, if I, you know, if I was just doing this in a vacuum without that, without realizing that it had affected other people that way i probably would have bumped up to like a high four possibly a five mm -hmm. but i can yeah, that's not a five but it's probably five. not i don't know i a high it would i probably would have gone with a high four you know like yeah almost almost there at like a five i mean but... there's there, there there should have been a bit more character development i think in there for to be a high four five a five that's, that's come fair, near yeah. a five for me yeah like it's a solid episode but there's nothing outstanding in it Okay, fair enough. I, I don't know. I I might disagree. I I think the ending part is the outstanding part for me, but I will go with a four. Um, the other thing is that it's very tight. It all comes together like very quickly. There's yeah a bit of setup, and then once it starts moving, it moves at a quick pace. It feels like things get you know wrapped up pretty quick, and they're not yeah. drawn out, which is good. that is very true. Yeah. I like that about it. Yeah, that's probably what it puts it up to a four for me. So yeah, I, yeah, four out of five, another good one. And like we said, we've got five episodes to go. So far, the only episode I think we've really disliked has been Jeremiah Crichton. Yeah, and I, w I wasn't that big a fan of hu a human, a human reaction, but a that human, was only a three. A human reaction yeah. was fine, but there was some. Yeah. It, a human reaction was very much fine with some with a couple of really good bits. Yes, this was kind of like overall really good with a couple of things that detract from it. Yeah, I think that's the best way of describing it. Uh, by the way, I want to have some fun facts about this episode. Always. So, Through the Looking Glass, this was originally pitched by David Kemper, who wrote the episode. Mm -hmm. But he originally wrote it as an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, and they would come across the derelict ship, a waiting finds end. There's a creature on board. Anyway, the idea went through many, many rewrites before it became the, this episode, and that's partly why I was uh, like, I was thinking, reading that, I was thinking like, how would this have been different as a Trek episode? Like, obviously, it went through many rewrites before it got here, but 
like mm-hmm. I think I mentioned, like the Trek episode probably would a version of this would have been like, okay, techno babble, this uh, modulating yeah. trend EM field with this frequency will. It's like okay, that's sure. That would have been like a very kind of bug standard TNG episode mm. as a Farscape also, episode. I, also, mm. I'd have to I'd have to right. see what how good the yellow dimension would have been for them because <laughs> I think Farscape does it better. I can just imagine like Data being in the yellow uh, version, oh, just like oh, deadpan. So it's like, what is so humorous? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's actually pretty good. And, yeah, but uh, also this episode is really the first time... We've only met Chiana a couple of episodes ago, but this is the first time we've seen her really interact with Rigel when she's not trying to <laughs> escape from Moya. Yeah. And some of the rest of the crew as well, so... And also, I also like it because this is... I mean, this is the first time they actually were able to write her into the episode. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And... Um... Yeah, and apparently this episode was actually also kind of difficult to produce. Like, this is why it's near the end, because they had problems conceptualizing it and, you know, how to figure out how to make the multiple dimensions different from each other, what mm. the creature was going to look like. But there you go. Like, that's... But this was overall a pretty good one, I feel. Yeah. Yes. All right, so there you go, Through the Looking Glass. So let's see what's up next. Episode 18, A Bug's Life, it's called. That's what we'll be doing next week. Okay. Mm, and, Is this uh, the Honey, I Shrink the Kids episode? <laughs> I don't think so. So here's the synopsis, or brief summary. When a group of peacekeepers from a damaged marauder board Moya, the Uh-oh. crew pretend to be a peacekeeper prison vessel. And the peacekeeper's secret cargo presents a serious threat when Rigel and Chiana open the container. More peacekeepers. They've not been around for a while, so yeah, we haven't seen them for a while. I mean, I mean, Durka kind of counts, but like, yeah, sort of. So that's what's up next week, and yeah, we'll be back for that. But thank you for uh, listening to this episode. And as usual, you can find us both on social media. You can find me at Twitter at Hats and Red is at Vidalkin and Tree. Yes. And we have uh, archives of this and other stuff on YouTube.com/slash/CarnwhatHats and this podcast. And my other projects are supported by you from the Can't Wear Hats Patreon. That is patreon.com slash can't wear hats. And yeah, this is all brought to you by the generous support of patrons. So, awesome. Yeah. But that's it from us this week. And we'll be back next week, like I said, with A Bug's Life. So, uh, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. So that version of Moya with the nausea and the double exposure, would you call that a red nightmare? I hate you so much right now. (laughs) Screw this. I'm buying a plane ticket. I'm coming over there. I'm going to kick you in the nuts. I've kicked more nuts than you've sat on. I don't care. I'm already leaving. Damn it.